Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Let's Get Lost podcast. I am sounding funny because I forgot to record my introduction. I was so excited to be interviewing our guest today, Mr. Patrick Cunningham. We are going to pick up right where me and he did so that you don't miss a minute of it. I hope you enjoy. Yeah. So, Mr. Cunningham, so a big part of this is I want to highlight people's lives, right? I want to tell people about other people's experiences because I think the more that we talk amongst each other and we kind of figure out that regardless of where you come from, we all can find something to share together, right? And the best way to do that is to talk to people. You know, and you know me, I love to talk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's probably why we're friends. Got the gift of gab. Yes. Too much sometimes. (laughs) It's gotten me in trouble, especially when you're wearing a uniform. Yeah. So, <laughs> Cunningham, I'm probably going to miss a lot of highlights, but this is what I know about the legend of this guy that's sitting in front of me. So, he's a nurse. Yep. He's a surgical nurse. I don't know too much about the differences, but yeah. he's also in the military. Yep. Um, and 20-ish years almost? In August, August 21st, will be 19. 19 years. Yeah, so, getting close. Jeez. So, he's a war hero. <laughs> Highly decorated. Times. Yep. Highly decorated. <laughs> multiple deployments. Yep. Um, yep. How many times? Uh, over. The, Can you tell me? Yeah, two okay. over there. <laughs> two. Yeah. So two deployments. Yeah, um, coming what, up. What else do I know? He's a teacher. Well, he taught me. That's actually the story I'm going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Um. What else? So what else? What else don't I know about you? I guess. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. Job wise, yeah, the military's been at for. A large majority, mm-hmm. literally over half of my life, which is crazy to think about. You know, whenever I hit the 17 year mark, I was like, that happened to be literally half of my life. And it was kind of like, holy shit, how did I give half of my life to something? So you moved forward knowing that from this moment on, the military has been a bigger part of your life than literally everything prior to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a day of reckoning for right. some. Yeah. But you pushed through. Yeah. And it's been good so far. Um, you know, if they let me stay, Another nine years, I would. Yeah. Nine? Yeah. Are you going for four star? You want to be the leader of the Space Force? <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. I've been looking for the apps, but not no recruiters contact me. No? I think it's all going to be internal. I really do. Maybe. Yeah? Eventually. You think we'll have boots on the moon? Yeah, I think it's going to be like that show I told you about. Space Wars? No. What was that show? Uh, that Netflix show I mentioned, I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. With uh, that's usually what she's here for. With with, with the guy, um, the comedian. Remember, you were hesitant to watch it, and yeah. then you ended up watching it. I don't remember. We'll oh. circle back to it. What was it about? It's called Space Force. Oh, then Space Force. Yeah, with yeah, Steve yeah. Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. Yes, I think it's going to be like that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because that's what I love so much about it. It is beyond appropriate for what it will really be like. Right. Obviously, they threw in some humor for humor's sake. But anybody who's been in the military, they know that mm-hmm. is a true, true experience yeah. for so many. Yeah. You know who, uh, even though I'm not a big fan of the actress um, in terms of, I just, she feels like she's acting, especially compared to Steve Carell. Yeah. But I love the character is the helicopter pilot. Yeah. She is so appropriate for just an LT who's a pilot. It right. is just a personal chauffeur for yeah. a four-star general. Yeah. No <laughs> way. Straight by the book and this is what we got to do. Yeah. No. Land me over there. Um, damn it. <laughs> Sir, I cannot do that. Please don't ruin the rest of my career. Right. Yeah. Man. 
Yeah, so that's kind of, you know, the experience with the military is you do get to kind of do some weird things sometimes and turn it just a little bit more. Get direction from people you're that maybe you don't want it, want to do something, and then you still got to do it, you know? Well, one thing that's kind of awesome slash the biggest pain in the ass in the military is you do have to listen to whomever has been deemed your superior. Right. No matter what. I mean, there is some give and take, but for the most part, not really. The culture is, oh, you're my boss? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right. But that also forces you to interact with people that you may never have interacted with in yeah. the first place. Yeah. That was always the fun part for me because it went both ways. Because mm-hmm. granted, I may have got put down facing the dirt by someone else. But then I, when I returned the favor, you know, it was a lesson that transferred from one person to the next if it was done correctly. Right. It's the bad stuff is when it's somebody who's not trying to teach a lesson they're just trying to enforce their just will. Just to flex, right. They just want to flex, and that leads to some toxicity. Right, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know, having been in the civilian world a little bit more and more over the later part of the years is a lot of that transfers, you know, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Like managing the hospital that I'm at now, it's like, holy shit. Compared think, to managing people in the military. Yeah, because in the military – you don't have to do a lot. Like if there's a problem and it gets elevated to that next level, Mm -hmm. then it's a really big problem. And more often than not, there's already a solution whenever there's someone comes to complain because it's not the first time it's happened. Yeah. And even if it is the first time, I think that people just think a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. Than just leaning on a supervisor or the sole supervisor. Yeah. (laughs) Just to, in a sense, like they don't want to make the decision in case it's wrong. Mm hmm. Because they they, can get fired. Right. Or then they're held accountable, which most people don't like to be held accountable. Right. Perfect example of a bad manager, um, in my opinion. So walking into King Supers, right when all this COVID stuff was just, you know, top of mind. We didn't know anything yet. So rightfully so, most people were relatively scared, right? Yeah. Well, this poor woman at King Supers was, she was the final stop of the corona. She was the (laughs) guard that kept all of King Supers safe. And she's standing there as flustered as a person could possibly be because you've seen those doors. They're like right. 45 feet long. Yeah. And she's just standing there with a little sign next to her saying, um, so starting tomorrow or today, the face masks are required. So I can let you in now, but I got to stop you tomorrow. And just flustered beyond belief because, you know, people were just giving her a hard time. Right. Because like she's the one that's making this happen. Right. Yeah. All this misdirected <laughs> anger. But anyway, and the very first thought, I was just like, where the hell is the manager? Right. Like, not as in Karen's coming to talk to her. You need to be here. Do it. That's the leadership. Right. And if that is what you are for, you're supposed to be that next tier. Like you said, it's a problem that's been elevated above where this level is capable of taking care of it. Yeah. So as a manager, you're supposed to solve that. Right. That's not like how it is in civilian. No. They're just, I don't even know, honestly. The no. workers really are, this is getting real socialist, but the workers <laughs> are really where it happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to me, you got to take the guidance from them. Mm-hmm. And then as a supervisor, it's your job to kind of give them the tools they need to do the job or in the civilian world, do the job or in the military, do the mission. Do the mission. The yeah. way it needs to be done, you right. know? And the thing that's frustrating for me in the civilian world so far is that people just don't have the initiative. It's like you must hold their hand. And it's like, I've given you all the tools. Just go do it. Figure do it out. It. Like, Figure it. I don't need, <laughs> you don't need me anymore. Right. And the thing that sucks 
I, you know, I think we think similar in this regard. We truly believe most people have the ability to succeed, right? right? Like I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can do this. Right. So just, just go do it. Do it. <laughs> but the problem is me believing in them makes me so frustrated. Right. If I didn't, if I gave up on you and just said, oh, here's the dumbass. And I just treated you like a child because I didn't think you were capable. My life would be way easier. Right. But I can't, I can't get rid of the idea that as a grown adult, you have the capacity for literally whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Yeah. And that's kind of why leaders and followers naturally kind of like water and oil separate out. Right. I think, I mean, this, this is an opinion that many would not agree with, but I truly think there's a reason why we have the, geniuses right the einsteins the tesla guy yeah elon musk apple steve jobs because those people always exist and they always have and will exist yeah and then there's the next level of like they're not the the what are they called like the big thinkers or the universe minds right but we're the we can figure it out right we're the we're not quite the workers because we can lead and we can guide and we do have ideas but not on that like universe like, level like right. te- uh, what the hell is his Elon name? Musk Elon yeah. Musk um, and he's even said it himself numerous times that he doesn't he comes up with the idea and then he finds the right person to make his idea a reality you yeah. know even though he's an engineer and this and that super smart whatever he can't do it alone so hey here's this idea and fortunate enough for him he has enough money mm-hmm. now to right but yeah. he didn't you know mm-hmm. uh, but he can find the right person and fund it and get it done. I and that mean, all <laughs> comes from leadership. Right. Like he has the ability to think and inspire. Yep. And then the next level down, they may not be able to think, but sure as hell they can inspire. Right. Right. So they lead and they inspire workers, and but they're there to help as well. Yep. And then there's the, the people who they may not be big thinkers. They may not really like to lead. They're just like, hey, tell me what to do. And right. I'm going to build you the best damn rocket you ever saw. Right. You know, and that, but it's nobody is necessarily better or worse. No, we're all necessary. Yeah. But I think people's egos get in the way yeah. because they want to be in Musk. They want to be a Cunningham. Yeah. You know, they <laughs> definitely want to be a, a Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand why, because it comes from a place of you don't appreciate who you are. Right. Like, why is it bad to just, I'm doing the finger quotes, just be a gardener or just be a food, you know, a chef or a cook or a server. You're not just anything. Right. That love is what your, you are. And love yourself. Yeah. Uh. It is. I mean, you're right. You know, if you're at that spot and that's what you're doing, then that's what you're doing at the time. It doesn't have to be forever unless it's something that you love. And if you love being a gardener, be the best gardener you exactly. can be. Exactly. Right? Own the hell out of that garden. Right. Yeah. And when we put in, we impose these ideas of this is what success is. And I understand why, because we're a very entertainment, entertainment driven society, especially like, you know, the United States. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's cool is look at how much like blue collar work has been. Now that's on TV. Right. Crab fishermen, you know, right. dirty jobs, sheep farmer. I mean, people like stuff we grew up doing as kids, taking care of the horses is now a on, show. Right. Yeah. And people exactly. buy their like T-shirts and stuff. Right. What a weird shift. Yeah, you can make anything into into a profit, you know, <laughs> on a on a huge level. Yes. With a little bit of drive. Huh. Well, how does somebody with a whole lot of drive and a little bit of profit 
get there. Right. And that's, that's been my dilemma. And yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Like, so your dilemma being, I got all the drive in the world, but you feel you don't have the resources to get where you want to go right now, right now. Yeah. I can get there. And yeah. it's just been a matter of, you know, and I've thought a lot about it with the military, this whole concept of a glass ceiling there truly is. And even if you're a four-star general, Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the pinnacle of all military or whatever, financially, you're only going to make so much no matter what. That's you know, true. If that's what if that's all you're doing. Um, but then they can get out and they can write books and they can be this and that and the other and start, start making more back money. Right. Military. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there is a glass ceiling. And I think in everything um, except for those few individuals, which I don't think it's realistic uh, for anybody to truly think that they're going to be the next Bill Gates. Oh, God, no. Like, that, it's, if that's a once in a lifetime. If you think you're going to be, you right. already are not. Right. Right, because that's not how a Bill Gates thinks. No. You know, he's more about that globalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a joke against him because all the conspiracy stuff. He's trying to chip the world, which yeah. kind of true, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Yeah. I only say they're not chipping us yet because it doesn't make financial sense. Once right. they figure out how to monetize it. It will. It will happen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you said, becoming Bill Gates, you don't become Bill Gates. No. Right? You are Bill You right. are Steve Jobs. Right. You know, they started out before they just became great. They didn't work to achieve it. No. Is that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, Obviously, they worked. Right. That wasn't their goal. They no. just said, I'm going to make something amazing because I have an idea. Yeah. And they made it amazing. Yeah. So, you know, if... For me, like you were saying, do I think that there's a, a limit or a capacity to a point, but I could be that. I don't see why I couldn't be that person under, you know, yes. that, that level the down. The right man. Right. Yeah. Like, why not? I don't know. There, there is no reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only, you know, whenever I started doing this whole stock market thing and started yeah. thinking about it, I'm like, all these other people are doing this. Why can't I? Well, there Especially is- when your threshold of entry is hundred bucks. Right. So you, you know, can do it. And it's can. like, why didn't I know about this earlier? Because I hadn't ever Well, you knew thought, about it. I knew about it, but you I just didn't think it was for you. Right. Right. Yeah. It, and it's kind of like the four minute mile. I bring it up a lot and I'm going to continue to bring it up. Yeah. Nobody thought it was possible to run a four minute mile until yeah. it happened. Until it happened. Literally once it happened, now it's the standard. Right. If you're a professional <laughs> runner, if you don't do a four minute mile, you might as well keep training. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's the same deal with, like you said, breaking through ceilings and breaking through idea. Like that almost makes me question. We just said you're not born a bill. Like you don't become a Bill Gates. You're born one. Right. But also, is that a wall of perception that you and I have not broken through yet? Because we haven't achieved the level. Right. That I could be Bill Gates. Of course I could. Look at me right. now. Right. I'm only that far away from him. Right. So I don't it's, know. It's true. You know, and but you know, with those things, I can't build another Microsoft. Yeah. So, so right now, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I mean. Monopolist. Like, yeah, you're not. You can't really be that person because it's already done. But there's so much stuff that can still be done. Well, I mean, so then you would you could be the person that redefined the industry, though. Right. Like, look at Elon. Right. Yeah. You know, he came after Bill. Yeah. And he came after Steve. Yeah. But he he became one of them. Just somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Zillow is a great example. Yeah. You know, they're going to be up there with Apple and all that crap. Because they're, they're changed. They're absolutely, they want to completely redesign the way that people buy and sell homes. They want it to be as simple as renting a Netflix movie. 
Yeah. They handle everything. Now that will be great for some and it will not be good for many. Right. But the thing is, is it's an industry that's being created because clearly there is a need. A need, exactly. And it's kind of like Uber and the taxi service. Right. You know, who's wrong? <laughs> who's the victim in that? Right. I personally don't see any victims. Mm-mm. I see an industry that refused to change and a new industry that was created because of a need. Right. Then, but people like to demonize it. Oh, they're made, taking away people's jobs. It's like, so why don't taxi drivers become independent contractors then and work for Uber? Right. And then they don't get have to, to get hired. Money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the big problem, I guess, is all the old union stuff, right? Health care, health insurance, all this stuff that people used to expect from their employers. Well, now they expect it from the government. Yeah. And then I get to pay for it. And then, yeah, and then we all <laughs> get to pay for it, even if you don't use it. Don't use it. Still got to pay for it for yeah. someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't know if that's for today or not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, because also, like I said, he's, you know, you're a nurse. Right. So you definitely have an insight on that. Yeah. So you kind of see why it's the Let's Get Lost podcast? Yeah. Do you remember where we started? <laughs> we were talking about you about 20 right. minutes ago. Yeah, now we're talking about healthcare and healthcare. Elon Musk. <laughs> well, Tesla. maybe I'm close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, with the healthcare thing, I'll just say a little bit about it. It's completely overpriced. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to be. Even these nonprofit hospitals are making millions and millions of dollars. They're CEOs and this and that. Yeah. Just because you're nonprofit, that just mean, means after you pay everybody. Right. And if you and if you want to stay nonprofit, you that means that you salaries. have to raise salaries by definition because you can't have a a profit. Yeah. So if if last year we budgeted and it turned out that we budgeted, oh, we were going to make eight million dollars, and this year we made twenty million. That other $12 million has to go somewhere, and it's not going to go to the workers. All the workers. It's going to go to the higher-level people. Well, because they're the ones that made all the profit, remember? Yeah. Good job on that policy change where you made everybody work an extra 12 hours. Right. Send out an email. You saved us that much money. Here's a bonus. They get to send out one email a week or something, and that's their job. Man. And it's... That's my, th- why can't I be that guy that sends out the email? <laughs> right? Like you're <laughs> like, hating now just because you're not, not hating, but you know, you're, you're jelly now because who doesn't want to be that guy? Right. You know, we look up and go, you sons of bitches. Right. <laughs> I am out here. I am down here busting my butt to make you a millionaire. Yep. And yep. then the mindset should be, all right, damn it. I am down here busting my ass. Can you imagine if I spent all this time investing in myself and how I, I would be richer I'd be more rich than that son of a bitch sitting up there sending yep. out emails. Yep. With like one change in your mindset. It's just the perception. Empowers you. So you go from being a victim and now you're empowered. Right. And I mean, and we talked about this in, at length with this whole stock market business. Yep. Like maybe that is a way to help get to where you want to be, this and that, blah, blah, blah. It used to be kind of. Before the internet became so user-friendly and we built apps and this and that, you had to go through somebody because you couldn't just do it on your own. And now uh, these different apps and whatnot are starting to make it available to anybody. So, again, I think that I think the world's in a period of change right now and it's going to be less of the haves and have nots. I think it's going to be the haves and the have mores. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. (laughs) Because, I mean, you got to look at even At least in this country. Well, yeah. (laughs) Which, really, world travelers, I would say the two of us, we've seen other parts of the world to give perspective. And a lot of it comes down to is our haves and our have-nots in America 
are laughable compared to others. Like, woe is you. Get the fuck out of here. Right. You don't understand poverty. Right. Because we don't. Right. We have, we have no version in America except maybe... No, we don't. We have no version in America compared to some countries in no. terms of suffering. No. So it's, again, perspective is everything. Yeah. Access is being given to everyone. Yep. Right now, everybody can look up the tax code and find all the loopholes so that they can itemize instead of just take the blanket expense. Right. Right. Like, why do you think part of that Trump tax plan was to raise the individual um uh, what is it called? Standard deduction. Standard deduction. Thank yeah. you. And there's a reason for that. It's because people are getting smarter. You wouldn't think so if no. you followed only the mainstream media. But people are genuinely much more intelligent because they have a threshold of bullshit that has lowered dramatically. We're just we're sick of being lied to yeah. from basically every person that we're supposed to look up to. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the dumb people still are going to dumb. They're going <laughs> to they took hard jabs and. You know, you're a bastard racist. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. We all hate each other. <laughs> but what I'm trying to do is build a business. So would you please leave me alone? Right. Because you got to think about it. Everything from Fiverr to it's there has never been a time where literally anybody could get a paid job by simply having an internet connection. Right. And that's why I think it's really changing. It is. I mean, you can. Aside from stock markets and this and that, because even they close, um, (laughs) learning that they really don't. Um, But you can literally be making money in your sleep Mm -hmm. because of the Internet, because just because you're sleeping, someone else in the world may want your service. It's amazing. And just sign up and charge them. It's easy. And people people will pay it. And it's a skill (laughs) that most people have already. They just don't know don't know it. You know, they're an Instagram model, right? Or a aspiring Instagram model. Right. And they Photoshop every single one of their pictures. Yeah. Not even once did they think, man, I wonder if somebody would pay me to do this for them. You know, I used to do the same thing with my video production. Mm-hmm. I made these YouTube videos purely for me because one, I loved editing. It was super fun. But also that's like, I'm making this and then people are only going to take what I make. Right. Right. Like no one would ever come to me to actually edit something. That's insane. I'm just pitsing around on a computer. Right. But what I was putting out was quality stuff. And I come to find out people want wedding videos and they want me to do birthday videos and they funeral stuff. And they're like, I love your videos. Yep. Could you please make me something one time? Yeah. And like how dumb. Of, just, <laughs> that's just money. I've just been leaving on the table. Yep. It's like you walk by free money bowl because you think it's a scam. Yep. Yeah, it's like exactly. nope. They literally fill that bowl up every single day. You just take a dollar. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the internet has given the common man and woman. Right? They have given us the power to empower ourselves. That's the key right there. And you have to have the initiative, and you got to get rid of the excuses. <sighs> and that's and, what they, I mean. Excuses will take you straight to the grave. Right. You'll never accomplish anything because you can always find a reason not yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, you even know with me in the whole real estate thing. Why yeah. haven't I? So I did. I, we talked about it and then I went and did what I needed to do get to get the license and this and that. Yep. And, you know, there, there are reasons uh, that There's I always didn't reasons, though, right? that I didn't do it yeah. initially. Um, but now I can. Absolutely. Know? And I, I feel like I had to take those steps in order to get what I want. And on the 30th, I'll close on the house and I got yeah. what I wanted. You Absolutely. Know? So sometimes you have that goal. But there's always those steps. And I think that's where a lot of people will fail is they have this goal and they'll start. And then they realize, oh, I have to do, I I didn't just go from A to B. 
or A to, A to Z. I had to hit the other 24 letters in the alphabet before I could get there. And they're not willing to do it, you know. Well, and, they get discouraged. Right. And you're right. It might not even be that they're not willing to. It's just this didn't happen. And I thought that it could. I set everything up. Supposed to go the way I wanted it to. Bought all the stuff. Right. Invested the money. Right. It was the best video I'd ever made. Right. And nobody liked it. Right. I, and then, so they'll let a social media defeat, defeat their dream, like their goal. Yeah. They, I can't tell you. Uh, I mean, you see me on Facebook. If you haven't unfollowed me yet, that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see me on Facebook and I'm a psycho, right? But I do <laughs> genuinely put out some things that I want people to like, like the videos I make. Right. fun jokes or whatever. Like I get when the political stuff doesn't get liked, but if you put time, effort, and energy into something that you feel people will love and then you don't get that, that is a devastating feeling. It oh, is. Damn, I yeah. really thought it was good. Well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Right. Well, I probably shouldn't do this anymore. And that is, if you don't kick that in the butt right away, yeah. you, I think you're in for a world of heartache. Yeah. Because you'll never accomplish goals that maybe were just literally one step further. Yep, exactly. And, and and being patient. That's one of my biggest things that I've learned as I've gotten older is the need to be patient and to accept the process even if you don't know what it is. Yes. And maybe you have to make the, your own process, you know. Well, but trust in the process. Be yeah. it yours or, or someone else's. else's. You got to trust it. You have to trust it because if you – don't believe in what you're doing. You're never going to succeed. Right. Like you have to know you can. That's really the first part. Like starting a podcast, for example, right? right. You and I talked about it for a long time. Right. <laughs> and I just mulling it around, mulling it around. And there's always was that barrier, right? And you know what the, the breakthrough for me was is I just got so sick of the status quo. Right. I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, man, I just, I can't buy any more chickens. It's just <laughs> too, it's too much at this point. I was like, I'm doing it. I, yeah. like, I am genuinely doing this. And I got so frustrated because I don't want to quit real estate. You know, I love real estate, but I need something new. My body has a drive for newness that cannot be quenched, right? So if I'm not doing the pilot stuff, I'm starting a podcast or my YouTube or just something to push me forward. Right. And the more I do this, and this is beyond amazing, <laughs> like I'm keeping it cool for y'all on the podcast, but I am just... I'm dude, I'm cloud nine high right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but see, I see, I let it out. Now I got distracted again. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Where were we? Basically, we were talking about, see, <laughs> yeah. lost, man. Yeah. we were talking about being successful. You got to believe in what you're doing. The process. The process. Yeah. If you give up on the process, right? I yeah. know for a fact, I will probably make less than $200 this first year right. podcasting. That's not true. I actually plan on making about 650 to 750. That's my real goal. Right. In the first year, I want to make almost a thousand bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's very possible. I've done the research. I've, I've ran the numbers. I figured out what I need to do to over the course of a year, make that much money. Right. But the first probably four to five months, I'm going to see nothing. Right. Right. And if I gave up because of that, even though I knew in my heart, I knew the process, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. If I knew the process was going to work, why would I give up halfway through? Exactly. And if I didn't trust the process in the beginning, why did I start? Exactly. So, and it's crazy, too, because there's um, there's even things online now. I think there's like a I, I can't quote it. And that's fine, especially for this, since we're not getting paid. Yeah, um, exactly. It's like a 28 day 
thing to set up a podcast. It's online. Someone's selling this yep. program to show you how to do this in 28 days. So they're making money off of mm-hmm. what you were just talking about. You know, exactly. How do we get started? Well, follow, follow my program. This is what works for me. And <laughs> yeah. they, you know, but they have a podcast. Say they're successful or not successful. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're selling you that product. They're selling you a product that obviously people are buying. Right. You know, and the funny thing is you bring that up. When I was researching, you know, how do you how do you monetize a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not a huge fan of ads. I just as a almost as a part of my soul, I yeah. just hate them. <laughs> like I whenever I'm getting real frustrated and I'm watching a show or something and the ad comes on, I'm like, Great loves, just guaranteed I'm never buying your crap showing me these <laughs> stupid commercials again. Twenty eight day challenge. Yeah. That's right. So he created it and as I was reading other articles about pretty much what he did, you know, how do you make money in a podcast? Mm-hmm. That was it. Make premium content. Come up with a system or a tool or a program that you feel that your audience will listen to. Right. And then sell it to them. Yeah. And at first I was like, well, isn't that sleazy as like, wait, why is that's not sleazy at all? No. You are literally creating a product that people want to buy. Yeah. Just because somebody thinks it's silly that somebody would pay somebody to listen to a podcast. Right. That doesn't make it bad. That right. person enjoys it. Why do we got to shit on everybody's happiness all the time just because we don't Because we're not it. doing it. Yeah. And, you know, years ago, too, I had, what's podcast? No, I, I don't listen to podcasts. Everyone's talking, oh, do you listen to this podcast? That No, I don't. Like, And I wasn't against it. It just wasn't something that I was really interested in. And then the more and more that I got to thinking, like, mm-hmm. hold on a second. What are these people talking about? Everyone's talking about podcasts. What well, let I me miss- listen. Yeah. What am I missing out on? Right. So then I'm li- then I listen. You know, and I, where I get my podcasts, I pay for another membership, <laughs> and then it's that's a secondary effect. Yeah. So, but still, like in the long run, whoever that parent company is going to be trickling down some money somehow to all of those podcasts. Exactly. You know. So. People who are literally getting paid for talking. Right. I mean, there's people that make their podcasts on their cell phones. They just pull out their cell phone and they record it. They're like, hey, sorry, my quality shit. I can't pay for anything right now. But they're funny. They're entertaining. Right. You know, and that's, again, the threshold of entry. All of this minus the equipment, because luckily for me, successful real estate agent, I have the ability to invest a much larger sum into my business than others. Right. But had I not been a real estate agent that had a boatload of money, Guess what I'm doing? I'm using my microphone on my computer. I'm right. using the microphone. I mean, you can get a good lapel mic for like 15 bucks. Yep. I mean, it's not the best. It's not this. Right. But it certainly is good enough to get you where you need to go. Yeah. But that's another excuse. Right? Exactly. Oh, I can't afford the equipment. Well, use your phone. Just no, use... that sounds bad. So? And <laughs> are you funny? Well, yeah. Do people like to listen to you? Sure. Yeah. Well, then I guess it probably doesn't matter if you're using it on your phone, right? Right. Your content drives your profit. Yep. It's it's not your equipment. No. You know, there's podcasters I listened to back when they were just recording on their cell phone, and it was garbage. Mm-hmm. But now, that's not the case. He's a professional, and he's great. Yep. So he's evolved, and he's grown, and he created a business, and now he's a millionaire. It's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel when the path to success is literally right in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you brought up being a millionaire, and that's like... That's my goal in the next. Got to do math in my head, figure out how old how old I am anymore. Uh, probably in the next. Because you're like 35, right? Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> a little bit old. I'll be 38 in February, so. Hey, right. Yeah, on. 
probably give myself to 45 to be a millionaire to have a million dollars in the bank not assets not this oh not so that. liquid like you want a liquid money one yes mil. yes what are you gonna do with it yeah no that that first honestly what what's driving me for that number is i told my kids i'm like you know i'm at and I've, I'm really trying to instill in them this whole concept of like you can and these things are available to you and I'm doing everything that I can to make it available for you and to show you. Like I'm not going to give them everything. No, of course. You're an enable. Right. They, they in don't. In a good way. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold on. No, not, not an enabler. But yeah, in a good way. I'm going to make sure that they know that, that it's possible. But I can tell them it's possible. Like everyone told me. Everyone told you. Anything is possible. No, it's it's not unless you see it. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to mimic something. Again, going back to the process. Well, what was the process that you used? You're telling me it's possible. Why aren't you there then? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this make your bed concept. I can't expect my kids to make their bed. I can't expect my the people I supervise or work with or whatever to perform at a certain level if I'm not performing there. So I have to perform there. I have to show them how it's done. And I told them, uh, whenever we were building this house and driving by and said, you know, this isn't going to be the last one. There will be more. And I'm going to make a million dollars selling houses or something. I'm going to figure something out to make a million dollars. And they said that they didn't believe me. Really? And I'm like, whoa. Okay. Did you ask them why? Like yeah. the reason for not believing you is? Yeah, and they and the reason was true. <laughs> this because you haven't yet. Because you haven't yet. And why, you know, why would we believe you, Dad? Right. And Where's these, the yacht? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And these are you know nine and twelve years old, and they're able to see this. So if they can see it, in my opinion, like that fills my heart because that means I did something. Yeah. Because they know, like, put your money where your mouth is. Literally, in this case, <laughs> because because you're not putting out, Dad. You're saying you're going to do this. And you haven't done it. So what's going to change? Okay. Challenge accepted. And then once I get it, I'll throw it in their face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just pull it out. Be like, see? (laughs) Show it to them. Yeah. And be like, none of this is yours. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Here's your proof. Yeah. And you know, I bought an old, it's an old boat, but it's a boat. And it was literally on a whim. They had great. They had talked about going fishing and this and that. And they'd like to go on a boat, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go buy a boat. And I went to the bank, pulled out the cash, and went and bought the boat. And I, and I told them, they were like, oh, my gosh, it's so much. It's not that much money, you guys. Yeah. It looks like a lot, especially to you guys. You've probably never seen that much cash they in your life. They can't comprehend it. They can't comprehend it. And they're like, that's so much. I'm like, no, it's not that much. But the thing is, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first step of in this big picture. They didn't realize it. And I didn't realize it until a little bit later. But that was the first step of them seeing and me showing them, like, no, we can do this. Yeah, we, we're we doing better than you as then, a child can understand. Right. Like, they're privileged. <laughs> yeah. They, they Well, so, first of all, how old are your kids? Nine and 12. For perspectives. Okay, yeah. So, nine and 12. <laughs> and absolutely. Because the thing with kids is they only know from what they see. Exactly. Right. So if they're watching, you know, and I, I have no problem with television. I love it. I grew up on it. <laughs> I'm not saying that video games make people violent, but it's still a tool. Right. When I was yep. a kid, I used to watch shows that 
every show I watched in my mind, most of the time it was probably possible. Right. If I saw a secret agent, I'm like, there's really secret agents. Right. You know, and it's <laughs> if I saw like I used to watch that. Um, what was that? That fancy like British guy. He used to go through millionaires houses. It was like before cribs. It was like the fancy white version of cribs. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch that one. But it, it was like million dollar homes or something. But anyway, okay. just a British guy who would look at this 28 car, you know, villa. It's yeah. just stupid stuff. Well, anyway, I used to watch that. So that I'm just like, damn. Being rich would be amazing. Right. I can't wait to be rich one day. Right. You know, so, and the nice thing is, is my parents never really told me I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they told me it's going to be hard. They told me you will probably fail, but they never told me it was impossible. Nothing was impossible, but everything was hard. (laughs) Right. And that's the truth, though. It is the truth. And it's the best damn advice you can give somebody. Right. Listen, life probably for the most part, 50-50 suck versus good. Right. You know, we have amazing, wonderful times, but you'll also feel the saddest you've ever felt. Like, right. Life is pain, but it's also joy. Yeah. Unadulterated joy and worst pain ever. Yeah. But if that is such a realistic mindset to have to where, oh, my heart's broken by little Philly. I shouldn't get a little dark, but I shouldn't kill myself. I right. can survive this because I know if this is only half as the worst day, that means it's going to be twice as good on the best day. Yeah. And I mean, truly, even at the at a biological level, pain is what causes joy because of chemical releases. And it well, makes your a, brain feel better. That's a different channel. <laughs> no, but, but, I, but I mean, truly, it is. No, yeah, absolutely. So, so without having the pain, without having the dark, you can't have the joy. You can't have the light. Yep. And one of the things I, you know, I started painting and whatnot. I still owe you a painting. And it's still, so. It's still coming. Real quick tangent. <laughs> this dude randomly at like 11 o'clock at night one time so shoots me this Facebook message. Hey, check out this painting I just whipped out. And I didn't believe him. I was like, bull crap. Like, yeah. granted, Cunningham has never failed to impress me. But he's, it's just this canvas. I'm pretty sure it was a landscape painting if yeah. I remember right. Yeah, yep. This beautiful landscape painting. And I'm like, okay, how long you really been painting? He's like, no, literally just picked it up. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. But it's one of those things too. Like I, I literally grew up watching Bob Ross, you know, everyone, everybody did. Absolutely. And then I've always, there was a a short period of time, maybe like a year, a year and a half in my life that I was able to uh, actually draw. And then that just stopped. Like doodle? No, like I could draw. You could draw. How old? Uh, I was in junior high. We had a book. We had like 13, 13, 14, somewhere in there. I, we had a book report and part of the report was to draw the cover. So I drew the the book of the book that was art. I mean, it was already drawn, you know, so you're copying, but still, and I drew it and I was like, Oh, and then I never picked up a pencil again. See, but also, you know, what makes me sad? Big takeaway there is nobody noticed. Right. Right. Like just think about, Right. (laughs) <laughs> if somebody would have noticed that's true you your artistic talent like a just bit, right piece of coal you're not a diamond yet but they kind of see a glimmer right can you imagine if that archaeologist didn't pick up that rock and go what is this and right. kind of like try to see if it can turn into something yeah and i'm not blaming the teachers but it's it's just a sad experience that someone with clearly clear like talent if you became an artist right just how did so much different your life could have been. Right. It could have been worse. Right. It could have been better, but it definitely would have been, would have been different. different. Yeah. And that's wild to me. Those those moments in time, those life-changing whys. Right. Like the splits in the road. Yep. And Always. trying to picture that alternative life. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Yeah. It keeps me up at night sometimes, <laughs> man. It's like I could have been a a, hum- a homeless bum. <laughs> like those are sometimes what my dreams are telling me. And other times like I could have already been a millionaire by now. Right. If I would have done this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, getting back to what I was saying about oh, yeah. the painting. It's okay. I keep <laughs> Sorry, it up here. Yeah, keep it, keep I like the tangents. We, we, we'll we actually it. left you a little book if you yeah. need to take notes. I think I, you need it. Yeah, I probably do. <laughs> um, but with the light and the dark and what I was saying about watching Bob Ross, this and that, that's one of the things he's always said. And the more and more, as again, as I get older, wow, I get wiser. Yeah. It's a, experience it's a weird amazing, concept. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I... He says it all the time and, and in his paintings, you know, as mm-hmm. he's making the shadows, you have to have that so you can have the light. Well, that's a life lesson. Like really oh, it is. 100%. So there has to be hard times for you to really appreciate good times. And I feel, I won't say sorry. I don't feel sorry for them, but I feel empathetic for people who truly have not had, but that's not true. I was going to say they haven't had the struggles, but they've had different struggles, you know, like, we well, have, there are universal struggles, though. Yeah. That just because, like, you got to think, break it down to take out the class, take out the race, the gender, you know, the the surface level struggles, and think about what do all whoop, what do all humans struggle with at, in general? Like, we right. all struggle with loss. Right. We all struggle with love. Right. You know, we all struggle with purpose or sense of purpose or mm-hmm. sense, you know, and or community or respect and that kind of stuff or self image, body image. Right. That's it. You everybody. Could, everybody. Right. Yeah. And there are some people who haven't seen loss, be it financial, be it um, like a person, a death right. in the family, um, a loss of your house, a loss of your ability to provide. Right. You know, a loss of your identity. Those are all things that. I truly think some people need to have happen. Right. Like I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to be Chef Ramsay growing up. Yeah. I really did. I was going to be Ramsay. I loved it. I loved cooking, culinary school, the whole thing. But I'm not. I didn't want to be Chef Ramsay. You know, and that I had to accept that I'm no Chef Ramsay because I'm not willing to devote my life the way he to did. To that, yeah. And that's the, that's the thing too that I'm finding out so much and it's, and, you know, I appreciate you for talking to me about the real estate thing because, no, like, I can have control of my life. Yep. I can have my hours. I can work as hard as I want or as little as I want, but as hard or as little is going to be my reward. You know, you, you reap what you sow. And, I mean, we've talked before this that I'm tired of making other people rich. Oh, it's the, like, just the worst. It's, <laughs> it, it pisses me off that. I give so much of my time and talent and energy to this, and I really get nothing back. In and the big scheme of things, job. yeah, like your day to day, yeah, 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 and day to day, and even you know, love the military, this and that. But again, there's that ceiling. Like I'm, no matter how hard I work, no matter what conditions I have to go through, this and that, I'm gonna only get paid the same amount. Well, no matter how much you change it for the better, right? You know, because as you climb through the ranks. You're enacting policies because I believe you are a very troop-centered and mission-focused leader. You mm-hmm. you have your priorities the, in a place that I feel a leader, especially in the military, a leader should have. Yeah. And as you climb up the ranks, you're enacting these policies and you're changing it for the better, like right. by a thousand percent the better. Right. Again, though, you will only make so much and you will only have so much success right other than the success well i guess that really would change how you would define your success right because yeah. now instead of attaching it to like a a fiscal thing or money right you're attaching it to impact 
Yeah. It's like how many people's lives are, I, you know, four star general Cunningham, you know, he, the, <laughs> That'll never the happiest morale, <laughs> yeah, the happiest morale, the most mission success rate, <clears throat> excuse me, sorties go through the roof, best general ever in the history of the universe. I mean, that's what I would see. Right. Um, Cause that's what would happen if he did it. But you still, like you said, if you're, if your only way of qualifying your impact, like your good, is by other people's subjective opinion of what you've done. Right. That's tough. That's, that's tough to define your success that way. So then that's why I think sometimes people define it monetarily. Yeah. But then that's tough too because like where's – you got to find the middle. Absolutely. And, you know, for me – it's more of what's making me happy. If every day I get up I, and out of bed, one, I'm happy already. Like, Absolutely. because, because I woke, woke up. up like, holy because shit. There's people that don't. Right. I get to do this again. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> right. But, Change but, of tone. Cause some days I wake up and I'm going, geez. Yeah. I get to do this. again. Right. And there's, I, I have those days, but still. I'd much rather have that mindset. Like, Sweet. Get to do this again. Cool. Even if I do nothing. Mm -hmm. More to come on that. Yeah. The <laughs> act of doing nothing is probably the best act there is. Yeah. I have completely designed my real estate company <laughs> so that I can do as little as possible. Right. And the only time I have to work is when I'm improving the situation for my clients. Yep. You yeah. Know? And real estate, being my own boss, be, so now my morals, my energy, my compass, that's me now. I don't answer to anybody like we were saying I'm not making anybody else a millionaire. Mm -hmm. My success lives and dies based off of Mark Gibbs and Mark Gibbs alone. Yep. And it's amazing. <laughs> and being able to be in control of your own destiny and knowing that. Yeah. But you, then you have to own it. And that's you do. because sometimes, you also have to own your failures. Right. Because your failures are yours. Are yours alone. too. Yep. And that's a big part, I think, why so many people going way, way back struggle with being independent or starting a business. Because the good is on you, but so is the bad. Yeah. If you pull out a loan for 500 grand because you want to start your cupcake business and you got the best cupcakes in the world, but you just didn't make it, you, you pay the bill. You yeah. failed. I'm yep. sorry. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It no. just means you failed. Right. And that sucks. Yeah. Failing sucks. And you have to decide to either start over with something different or look at the process. What? Yeah. It goes back to trust in the process. Trust in the process. <laughs> and the best part is, especially in America, the process has been done over and over. Yeah. Like, unless you are literally trying to redesign an industry, which, like we said, a very small few of people will do, it. Will do that. Yeah. So for the rest of y'all, <laughs> if you don't trust in the process, you are literally getting in the way of your own success. Yep. Because someone else did it and just do it again. So right. what if you, okay, if I told you and I could guarantee you, Patrick, if you give me $500, I guarantee you, if you do exactly as I say, you will get a million dollars by 45. Yeah. But, and take all your doubt, you know it because I've done it mm -hmm. and you said no to that. Right. Because Indeed. that's impossible. Right. What in the hell? Yeah. Can you imagine you and me? We both did it. Some guru came to us and said, I listen to y'all's podcast. I want to show you how to be a millionaire <laughs> do this. by 45. Right. And you said yes, because you're a forward thinker. Yep. You have more trust. And I said, hell no. Are you right. crazy? Right. And he is a millionaire. It's not just some homeless guy. It's not it's, just talking. It's Steve Jobs. Well, right. rest in peace. Right. So um, Bill <laughs> Maybe Gates. Maybe he'll come to us yeah. in our dreams. <laughs> Bill Gates comes to you and I and just says, love the podcast. And then I'm like, whatever, dude. 
Right. Who are you? <laughs> right. I got a plan. You see this podcast? This is my, I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> right. What an idiot. Yeah. You would be a millionaire and I would be on episode 400. Man, so I heard Patrick made, <laughs> made a second million. Yeah. Should have really listened. No, nah, I would give him the 500 for you and make you. <laughs> right. And sometimes that's what it takes. Right. Think, I mean, the real estate thing. How much did I bug you? It's until, a push. Until you finally did. Yeah. And the main reason being is because I knew you had the capacity to succeed. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it too, our differences. Mm-hmm. You know, people would approach, different people would approach to us and, and respond to us diff- differently, obviously. Absolutely. So there might be a time where maybe this person might be a better fit personality-wise and this and that for you than it is for me. And and that's that's great. And that's the thing too about being a people person, mm-hmm. even though I try to say I'm not a people person, I really am. I see. That's <laughs> the Patrick everyone else sees. Ever yeah. since the day I've known him, so he's a you're a big man. How tall are you? Like six four. Six four. Yeah. What one eighty? Yeah, right. Give <laughs> like, <laughs> you a string bean. Yeah, like a hundred pounds ago. Yeah. Jeez. So he, he's a he's a, I call him BH Black Hercules <laughs> um, because he is he's a he's just a mammoth of a man, sweetest guy in the world. But a lot of people are in, in they're uh, intimidated. Intimidated I by don't get you. It. you. I know why. It's because you only smile when you get to know somebody. When you first when you first get to know somebody, you are figuring them out. Is right. this an ally or an enemy? <laughs> yeah. And to somebody who gives a crap, <laughs> that intimidates them. Me, yeah. I know I'm an ally no matter what. So right. I go in full force. Right. Right? Yeah, I get it. And so because of that's why. A lot of people think you're mean or look standoffish mean. or yeah. And that's bull crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm just <laughs> you you don't you're not a bubbly fool who right. hugs somebody when you first meet them. Right. You take the time to get to know them because yeah. I would say you want to put your energy towards people who could best use it. Right. And it's not even for personal gain. Yeah, exactly. Because, but I think we're similar in that way to where if if someone else succeeds and I help them with that, I don't even need anything back. I get to say, for me, I, I guess what I am getting out of it is whether it's outwardly or in, inwardly, I get to say, well, I helped you get there. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. And and I don't need the rec- – I don't want their recognition. So many times I've, I've worked on projects and this and that, and they've had great results, and I take no credit. I take I give the I give the credit to the people who I led to that success. Why do you think you do that? Because I don't – it doesn't – that's – it doesn't – No, the other part. Not so much the not taking credit because I get that 100%. Oh. I'm curious, what do you get out of – Helping others, not helping, but Guiding. giving. I would call it empowering. I was trying not to feel yeah. it, but what do you get by empowering somebody else by letting them feel what it's like yeah. to experience the credit? Yeah, that's kind of that's. I guess that's my question. Yeah, and it'll somehow we're working this out to bring it back to what you were saying. You had a story about teaching, but for me, it is truly teaching, and that's the most valuable thing that I can do for somebody. I love it, and. That's what fills my cup years and years ago. And who knows, maybe after I retire, then I'll go be a teacher, um, like in schools and whatnot. But that's what I like to do. I like to show people that they can achieve something that maybe they didn't even realize was possible. It's like, yes, you can just do it. It's, it's, you just had to make the decision that you're going to do it and do it. Well, and, and then giving them the tools and showing them if, if they get stuck, then come back to me, pull them out and we'll work it out. Yep. But you don't handhold though. No. Like, because what are you doing for them if you hold their hand? Or micromanage, right? Right. That's the oh. other worst type of leader. Yeah. I hate you it. know, the one that has no trust. Right. Zero trust. Right. 
that's not a leader. No. You know, because like you said, you want to empower them. You want to give them the tools. Yeah. But why would I, you know, military, why would I waste my time on you, civilian side? Why would I employ you if you're not going to do a job? Right. What I never understood that idea with management where I just, okay, what are you doing now? No, I would change that. I wouldn't do that. Right. It's like, just, just fire them. Do it yourself. Just do it yourself. There, you have no <laughs> trust and you're taking just as much time as it would take you to do it because you're standing right here. Right. So just do it yourself. Right. Because I, and me as a leader, when I would tell people, okay, I used to work on the B-52 bomber and I was the nighttime shift lead. So we would have our plans, right? Hey, we have to fix a generator, swap out these cables and change out the bleed air pump. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we had to rack and stack those. Well, me as somebody who's worked on a lot of planes, you know, I kind of know the flow. I know what's going to take longer as the, sh as the leader of the supervisor. It's up to me to delegate right. responsibilities. Because I need to look at the big picture. We have 14 days to get this plane done. Yep. You guys don't need the big picture. Don't waste your energy on it. That's why I'm exactly. here. Exactly. But you know what I need you to be great at? Whatever I tell you to do because I don't have the time to do your job. Exactly. And that's the biggest key is doing – having – you know, we were talking about, again, all those big thinkers, the, the global thinkers – um, I think that those guys are like universal thinkers. Oh, huge. Because having that mindset of the big picture, to me, that's like a global thought process. Like this needs to happen so this can happen so this can happen. And in that case, the B-52 literally is going to be somewhere else on the globe Yeah. in 14 days. So I just need you to go fix the generator. That's, that's what you need to do. It's broken down from literally a global issue. How do we move airplane from America to Guam? Right. And there is about 1,700 different things that happen between A and B. Yep. But your job is simple. Change out this pump. Right. That's all you got to worry it. about. And then for me as a supervisor, the only thing I got to worry about, 14 days. Right. <laughs> right. I got to make sure in 14 days that our job is done. Yeah. But my boss, he's got to worry about the next three months and how we're going to get 12 jets Over through. there. Yeah. And but then the other guys are like, okay, we got the B-52s here. The F-22 is here and just it just grows right. exponentially. Can yep. you imagine if four-star general Black, Her Black Hercules is having to worry <laughs> about the number two engine on the B-52 bleed air pump? Right. That's not it, how it works. It doesn't work. And that's, you know, one of the things uh, whenever I was younger and enlisted and whatnot and trying to lead people that I had a hard time because I think I'm a global thinker. Mm -hmm. And especially whenever you're that young and uh, – even your leadership, they're giving you some direction, but they may not have the full trust in you because one, they don't know you. You haven't worked with them a whole bunch, mm -hmm. especially in the guard. Yeah. Once a month. <laughs> right. And then two, you're playing it down to people again in the guard that once a month. So they're not pros at it, mm -hmm. especially new people. And then they want to know the why. And they it was so, in the... The, the, the workers, we'll say the workers, right? And that was the hardest thing for me. And I used to tell people, like, I don't and, – and there were times whenever I was uh, working with the missiles. Like, I don't have the time to tell you why right now. I just need you to. I just it. need you to do it. And then through the process, I bet you will figure out the why. Mm -hmm. But right now, you just need to do this because I have to go take care of this. And what I'm going to take care of, I'm blocking all the shit from coming to you. For real. The so, shit umbrella. <laughs> Right. Especially in the military. Right. Because if you're talking about moving a 
some of our plane's billion-dollar jet. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go tell these people, leave them alone. We'll, we'll take care of his PT test next week. That's not important right now. It's fine. We got to fix this so someone doesn't die. The mission comes first. first. It's the, supposed to. <laughs> yeah. It I doesn't think, always. It doesn't always. I think it's going back there, though. Well, I really uh, who was the one that just left, that basically right before he left, said, I want to get rid of all the regulations? Who was that? Goldfein? Yeah. He yeah. just, like, he came, <laughs> he said. We're wasting too much time. We're wasting too much time and all these regulations. Shut them down. Yep. And granted, that's, you can't just do that. No. But there is a process towards the right direction of doing that. Yep. And, you know, bringing it back to, well, not really bringing it back, but elevating it to a more practical example. Yeah. You know, we're the one percenters. Very few people understand what the military is. Right. right? It's basically volunteer prison. <laughs> I mean, it's you, not prison. <laughs> you, you sign up to serve your country. I guess you do. do. You. you serve it yeah. on your knees. <laughs> But the thing is, is they give they give about half or three quarters as much as they get. I'm making jokes. Obviously, I did the military. It's I didn't way serve worse on my knees. I'm telling yeah. you that much. <laughs> yeah, you're on all fours. <laughs> but so in and like I said, rules and regulations they govern literally what our hair can look like, our right. clothes. I mean, they're on army bases. If you live on base, a buddy of mine said his sergeant used to came by, come by and check his personal living room for dust. So, like, yeah. So, prison with fancy uniforms. <laughs> but, so, that's the 1%, right? That's the a di totally different perspective. But stretching it out to more of that civilian side, right? Right. The civilian version of rules and regulations is laws. Right. So, with those laws, though, the problem with the military is they're so specific and they're so without gray, well, some of them, that it leads to just this oppressive nature from leadership. Yeah. Just like Patrick was talking about, while he's saying, hey, this PT test, so push-ups, sit-ups, and running, and make sure that you're not too fat for your uniform, <laughs> is important, sir. This airplane that is literally the entire reason why we are here right. is broken. I need to fix this airplane so that we can put warheads on foreheads. Remember, yep. that's my job. So Patrick's situation turned into just a shit shield, like he said. Right. So because those rules and regulations are so stringent, it makes it so Patrick can't go to the plane. He can't work because he's too busy dealing with the rules. And I really think, and we can go in deep with this topic as you want, but that's a real big issue with what's going on right now. Yeah. The laws have surpassed the need. And because of that, the oppression has gotten to the point of resistance. Right. Right. It's not the cops. It's not, it's the laws. It's the laws that govern that take away Americans' ability to be free. To make decisions. To make decisions, to risk. Right. Like I, if I want to risk Corona, for example, because it's the hot topic. Right. I, I, I should be able to. Right. Now, I appreciate you trying to keep me safe. Right. Thank you for the knowledge. Thank you for the information. But at the end of the day, it's my choice. It's my the choice. same reason if I go skydiving, scuba, like all the other high risk stuff, right? Right. And what led up to why the boil over, I think, right now is now you can get called the cops on for having a barbecue, right? You can have the cops called on you just for walking down the street yeah. in the middle of the day in the wrong neighborhood, right. right? Like those laws, the only reason why the cops are there is because there's a law that says that they can go. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> and right. that is what wherein lies the true problem right. is cops are trained to obey the law. Mm -hmm. But if the law allows you to oppress, 
the law has gone too far. Right. Like you should be able to say, no, officer, I do not want to show you my ID. And he should say, okay, thank you, sir. Have a good day. Right. There's no law that allows me to take it. Now, if he's beating the hell out of somebody or hiding in a bush and stalking someone <laughs> like overtly apparent, not just walking down the street with his hands in his pocket, right. then a cop can do what a cop does. Right. But it's become too easy to oppress. Right. You can literally, for any reason, just be, remember stop and frisk, how that was supposed to be over? Yeah. I don't, it's not over. When the hell did that end? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that I think is what's really led to what's Where going on right now. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one thing that I do appreciate about the military, even though some of that stuff happens, but that stuff, in my experience, you know, the, the stop and frisk type, yeah, type approach doesn't happen in the military. No, because they I, can't. Right. Too many people are accountable <laughs> to, right. to other people. So that's where I think the other breakdown is, is there's no accountability because yeah. you've got people out there that are essentially independent contractors. I mean, you ever seen Judge Dredd? Right. We're essentially there now. They just don't have the fancy <laughs> motorcycles. Right. Because they are. They're, they're, just, they're the almost laws, rogue. The, the laws <laughs> have allowed them just to go forth and oppress. Right. And don't get me wrong. I have my best friend was a former police officer. I have police officers in my family. I love cops. Yeah. I love order. I have law. I love law and order. Yep. The show especially. Yeah. <laughs> but I <laughs> definitely have a problem with an oppressive government. Right. And they are the tools of the government. Yep. They are not the ones doing this. Right. It may seem like it. And there are instances where it's very, very obvious that they are. But typically they go to jail or get fired. Not right. as much as they should, but right. that's changing there. And that's and that you know, going away. Yeah. And those I think that those people are the, the few and far between. I have a, a huge respect for law enforcement um, and people, you know, frontline people who put their lives in danger just like we do, or, mm -hmm. you know, in the military, I have that huge respect. But again, whenever you, you cross the line because you can, and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> then that's where I have the problem. But not everybody's like that. Uh, well, if you get you got, one if, out of a hundred, if they were, we'd all be dead. Right. Like, I mean, granted, I can go on the internet right now and find hundreds, if not thousands, of videos of cops doing what's wrong. Right. That seems like an astronomical number until you actually look at how many interactions Aren't with there. cops happen every single day. Yeah. And that's why if they're all bad, we're all dead. Right. Because they just, the math doesn't add up. Right. So they're, so they're good cops. There's bad cops. There's good doctors. There's bad doctors. There's good kids and there's bad kids, you know. There's really bad kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need to get their asses whooped every once in a while. So I thought for the longest time that I never got spanked as a kid. And uh, so I told my parents about it one day. I'm just like, how come y'all never had to spank me? And they just looked at me and said, we spanked you all the time. Yeah. You were a little shit. <laughs> so apparently I've been sassy my whole life. They used to just crack me right on the, the side of the leg, I guess, because the yeah. butt didn't do anything. So they had to get me where it was a little more tender. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just blocked it out. I guess. You know, probably what it was is you might have had more good times than you did bad times. Oh, I absolutely did. So then it, those bad times don't seem that bad, yeah. you know? So but they made me appreciate the good times, though. Exactly. And you strove for that. Well, it's, it, it's kind of like withdrawing, too, if you think about it. We've lived in such a prosperous, prosperous time since really... I mean, it didn't even start going down until Bush Jr. <laughs> I mean, that was, kind of, I mean, we lived for a long time of yeah. prosperity. And then right around the end of the second Bush, 
Um, he started getting real started, continued being real, real stupid. And then Obama happened. So that's when all the races came out. And then the internet was getting very, very popular. Right. Now everyone's starting to learn how to hate each other. Well, because of all the hate, we get Trump in and that's a whole different show, (laughs) but we get Trump in, which again, Trump is a product of our culture. Trump would never exist if we weren't fucking up as people. If we didn't feed it. Exactly. He wouldn't exist without us. Right. So all these people get so mad at him. I'm just like, it's you. Right. You click on the links that have his name. Yep. You watch the videos that have him talking. And it's you... all tracked. And, and it... it's all tracked. So guess what? <laughs> Whose articles are they going to put? Whose articles are they going to push out? Trump's. Right. Because that's who you're clicking on. Right. You idiots. Right. That's the thing. And I have my own opinions. And honestly, it doesn't matter what my politics are because you just got to love me for me. Right. It doesn't <laughs> right. define who I am, but. The people are always the problem yeah. because politicians are evil. I truly believe it because even if you go in with the best intentions, the system is corruptible. It's corrupt. Yeah. It just sucks you in and it chews you. You can watch it. Some of the best politicians that go in there and they're like, yeah, he's going to change the world. He's the one. Mm-hmm. Give him two years. All of a sudden, he's a tally, just like all the rest of them. Man, yep. shut. AOC's even done it. And I don't like her. I'll say that open and proud. Yeah. She's a dumbass. <laughs> but... She still changed. She used to be Miss I'm going to right the wrongs. Now, when do you ever hear about her? Right. She does still say some stupid stuff every now and then, but for the most part, she's quiet. She's quiet she because has to be. she's been she's been silenced, right? Right. She went in strong and hot, and then the system ate her up. Yep. Got and and if she doesn't stop, then it'll spit her out. Mm-hmm. Because sure, she'll be loud for two years, and then guess who doesn't get reelected? Exactly. So as it comes close, and she needs the backing and this and that from all the more experienced people, mm-hmm. you got to show her bills. Like, right. hey, I'm really trying to pass this new, 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 new green deal. Right. You know, the cow farts, <laughs> they're going to kill us all. <laughs> but like, if she doesn't play the game, then she's out. Pelosi ain't going to sign that. No. <laughs> you know, all the all of them, and Republicans are no different. No. You know, they're all bastards, every yeah. single one of them. <laughs> and and they, the only reason why they can continue to be bastards and continue to oppress is we let them. Yeah. People don't think a vote matters. It matters. It does. And, he, you know, even in my, my state, Wyoming, where there's two electoral votes, my vote, it matters, but it matters less. It does. Like, that's, that's just numbers. Well, it is. They don't, they don't come, they don't even what, do the Rally. rallies and... All that business the campaigning there. And yeah, stuff, they don't. Yeah. They don't even think flyover of stopping. State. Right. Well, that's why they're called that. Yeah, they're flyover because they don't matter. You Which go, is bullshit. Right. Because hey, I'm there. I'm going. I'm going to be equally as affected as the other 300 million people in this country. Yep. By the policies that you put in place, but I only get two. Two votes. I didn't know that Wyoming only had two. Just two. Fewest amount you of you guys are supposed to have. Well, that is, you do guys, you do have the lowest population. Less than half a million in yeah. the entire state. Oh, that's beautiful. So <laughs> it is. It wasn't beautiful. so damn windy and cold there. We right. were driving through Cheyenne <laughs> today, and I Colorado's changing. Yeah, a lot. It's definitely not the same Colorado that I grew up with, man. Nope. And, California's coming here. Well, Colorado's California 2.0, and then yeah, Colorado's going to Wyoming. Going to Wyoming. It's crazy. I mean, the houses that they're building up there. I don't know where all these people are going to go or where all these people are going to come to fill these houses. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. You guys just watch <laughs> watch what happened to us. Yeah. Yeah, because it happens. And yeah. it happens quick. Man. Right. I mean, look at Wellington. Yep. Blew We're up. coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Now that's getting full. Move to Cheyenne. 
low interest rate, no no sale, no state income tax or whatever. Yep. How long do you got to live in Wyoming before you get that? Like, no, what makes you a state resident? Do you have to own property? No. Just I have to have this, an, shouldn't I? Just have to have an address. So if you have an address... Technically speaking, six months, but if you have an address there and you work there, then you won't pay your state income tax. Wow. Like whenever I worked in Colorado, even though I lived there, yeah, I got a bill for income tax from the state of Colorado every year. Because you worked here. Because I worked here. Because it was a quote-unquote privilege for me to work here. Jesus. That's what they told me. I said, it's not a privilege. I mean, it that is. I'm, no, <laughs> it's compared a, to Wyoming. No, it's a privilege that, 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 I, that I was working here. That is true, too, though. <laughs> like, Again, like, BH for a reason. Yeah. But it goes back to like knowing your worth, knowing your value. That's true. Because like, think how many people, they think they know their worth, but then they'll, when they go to negotiate their job and they ask, okay, how much do you want to get paid? You know, in my mind, I'm worth $500 an hour. Yeah. I tell people that. <laughs> I go, my time is worth $500 an hour. Now, granted, Obviously, there's an exception. Right. You know, I'm not going to charge that if I'm doing a wedding video or something like that. But it doesn't change the fact that I know my value. What I know my worth. worth. And I know that certain things, if they were awful, I would charge $500 an hour. Right. Right. You want me to clean out some ditches? That'll be $500 an hour. Right. Or I'm, I'm not doing it. And I've done labor <laughs> jobs. Right. Like, I'm not scared of a shovel. Yeah. But I also know what I'm worth. Right. You know? Yeah. And I will sacrifice my hourly wage for happiness. Mm -hmm. So if it's the worst thing I'm ever doing, you get full price. <laughs> yeah. If it's something I enjoy a ton, then mm -hmm. I, it'll, it'll probably be free because right. I'll do it for the experience, not for the money. I right. don't need money. Right. You know, and that's to me, that's always been my goal. Right. I don't want to ever want money. Right. And that doesn't necessarily involve being rich. That doesn't necessarily for me, at least it doesn't necessarily involve having a ton of money. It in simply involves having enough money coming in. That I can more or less buy whatever I want or save up for whatever I want. Right. But I can work the smallest amount possible <laughs> so that I can make my bills get paid. Yep. Because my free time, that's my money. Yeah. My reward is nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah. I love <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah. But my nothing is working on the chickens. My nothing is playing video games. Right. My nothing is going on Facebook and having... Right, you know, rants about tyrannical governments. That's my nothing. But <laughs> right. if I had a job or if I had to be busting my ass 24 seven just to get by, I'd be the poorest person I knew. Right. I could have a Lamborghini and I would feel absolutely poor. Right. Because you're not, you're not doing what you want. Exactly. And if doing what you want means doing nothing, then that's fine. As long as you're not a burden or expect someone else to fund your nothing. Right. Which I knew you'd agreed on, but I had to or agree with me, but I had to put that in. Yeah. Because I think that's a big disconnect for some people. Yeah, it is. And there are people who, who do that. I'm not going to, I'm going to do nothing because I know that someone else will take care of me. Yep. No. So they do nothing out of the confidence of knowing there's no consequence. Right. Someone will, even if I literally just sit here in filth and become an invalid, mm -hmm. like human services will come save me. Yep. You know, and it may not be great care, but you're still getting it. You have, and, and we probably, have taken away the consequence. And probably free. Yeah, that's true. Because even if it wasn't free, you wouldn't pay the you bill. You wouldn't pay it anyway, so and it doesn't matter. And nothing happens. Right. What, your credit score goes down? Right. Whoops, you do. Who, who cares? I was already screwed. <laughs> you know. I don't even have a credit score that I need to be concerned about. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the thing is 
Dave Ramsey talks about that a lot of having a zero credit score. And maybe you could get there. Probably not. I disagree with that. I disagree with it, too. I think I think you need to have if you pay your bills like you're supposed to, your credit score will naturally go up even if you continue to pay cash. I don't think that right now with my credit history and this and that, that I will ever get down to a zero, even if I never miss a payment. Even if I never have another payment in my life and I pay cash for everything out of that million dollars that I make, my credit score will probably never go to zero. Well, yeah, because also <laughs> remember a lot of these Hulus, Netflix, a lot of the subscription service, Amazon, like yeah. those are all sometimes counted as your credit. They could, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of different ones out there that subscription stuff that people don't pay attention. Right. You know, and that's part of your credit. If they, like rent, for as example. As I say, if you miss your rent payment. You miss your rent payment. That goes on your credit. Yep. Even if you make it, it goes. That's one where if you make it or you miss it. It goes on your credit report. It didn't used to be that way, but it is. So there's always something. Always know? something. But also the way I look at it is why would you use all of your own money when you can use someone when else's? you could use someone else's? Right. I am a huge believer of spending other people's money. Yep. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because that's also what a lot of rich people do. That, that, that's exactly what they do. That's how they stay rich. <laughs> they just take other people's <laughs> take money. Take other people's money. And then and, they pay a small percentage back to them. Right. There you yeah, go. Yeah. You know, so that it just, it makes way more sense to use other people's money to be rich than it is to bust your ass to have no debt. Right. And that's, you know, whenever I got my papers today and I see, oh, it did get locked in at 2.75% interest. And I'm like, I, I told the realtor, I said, that's basically free money. It, it is. It's like, pennies on the dollar. Right. Considering... What it used to be. The first home I bought, I think I had like a 6% interest rate. Wow. Five, five point eight five or something like that. So say 6%. And at the time, that wasn't bad. Now, that's historically still relatively low. Right. I mean, our parents, they're 12, 14, 18% interest rate. Yeah. That's insane. That's Yeah. There's no <laughs> way. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but the loans were also like 90 thousand hundred and fifty thousand but proportionately we're making a lot more money now oh that's true too. so yeah it probably balanced out eh, no a little on the side of inflation's one of those Infl- where i don't know yeah. enough to talk about it no. right now yeah but i know it's there's some bullshittery in there yeah there's something that it's it's in it's in their advantage too much yeah and i don't just some nerds are sitting in a room saying i feel like the dollar's worth 0.719 percent less than it was last yesterday right it's just it's all bullshit yeah and we just eat it up and believe it yeah there's no like where's that account yeah think about we always bitch about the president and the, what about all the common things that we just accept as fact as the way we never is. even question it yeah like shampoo we just all accept that shampoo is good for you and it cleans your hair right who the, do you know what's in shampoo nope i don't know something smells good and makes it soft <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it could be like rat poop Right. We would have no clue. Those natural just ingredients. Just a comment, and we all agree that soap is clean. <laughs> yeah. Another thing. We just, why? Yeah. No one knows the history of soap. No. Well, I mean, some people do. I was. I don't. I know yeah. it's out there. Well, they used to, they noticed that um, where they used to slaughter the animals mm-hmm. upstream, that, well, this is the wives' tale, right? So upstream, they would slaughter the animals, and they would leave the hides on the bank. Yeah. Well, the fat seeped into the water, and they mm-hmm. noticed that they when they cleaned, like, in that area... Like none of the bad bugs and shit stayed. Were, stayed. Yeah. So someone just boiled it, I guess, and so yeah. now we have soap. Yeah, went from lard to 
Axe. Yeah, <laughs> Axe body spray. I don't think there's anything clean about Axe body spray. The smell. Depending on where you put it. It's like almost like a tor- <laughs> tornado of uh, unholiness. Yeah. We do take breaks. I mean, we yeah. sit here for a while. Um, you good? Need another beer? No, I'm, yeah. I'm good. All right, so I've been holding on to this story because this is the very first time I ever met Patrick Cunningham. Do you know what story I'm going to tell? No, I don't know where it's going. I, I have my version of the first time I met you. Okay. I'm <laughs> so, curious for that. So we'll see. <laughs> so the first time I met you, which I don't think you remember me, um, which how you couldn't is, is baffling. But the first time I ever met Patrick Cunningham in the military, we do these trainings, right? Nothing but trainings. If it's not don't rape training, it's don't forget to garden training or literally anything you could imagine. There's one, have you ever heard about the guy who had to make a CBT computer-based training is what CBT stands for, but he had to make the CBT about the goose or the geese in the geese, the geese. Yeah. So I guess on this particular base, there's aggressive geese Yeah. and they had to do a training about how to interact with geese. Yeah. That's your modern America. Because you can't chase them away on the base. You can't. They're protected. Yep. Yeah. So you have to learn how to like defend and like (laughs) duck and weave. Because if you've never, we used to have a goose. Yeah. And they're mean. Geese kick your ass. They're bastards. Yeah. So, but anyway, so we were doing one of these computer trainings. Excuse me, not computer trainings, um, hands-on training. And one of them was about PTSD. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. So one of them was about PTSD and post-traumatic stress disorder um, or... Also known as, as you like to call it, do you remember what you called it? No. Post-traumatic stress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I, I know what you're talking about. I, I got tasked to to do that training on a whim. Well, you never would have known because yeah. of all the tra- – this was – so the training itself was like a medical training. We, yeah. as the flight medics, went to the clinic and they taught us pretty much about like what self-aid their specialties. Yeah, yeah, self-aid buddy care. Mental health was Patrick's section, and it yeah. was great. Yeah. And if you remember, I'm it, surprised you remember. Do that. you remember your spiel? I do. I okay, I, I so almost remember. I could I could probably go if, verbatim right now. If you're comfortable, I would love for you to tell yeah. if, tell that what your version yeah about post traumatic stress is. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Um. So at the t- around that time, what was that movie? Uh, American Sniper, I think it okay. came out. Right. Yep. Was that the one where he was dealing with? PTSD and stuff. Yes, Chris with Kyle, his right? wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so whenever I do teaching and stuff like that with topics, I try and make it relevant, you know. So I add that in. But for so that that literally that day, it was like, oh, you're an instructor. We need. We're going to break this up. This, you know, I was involved in part of reducing the the training for the Air Force and went to this conference, this and that, blah blah blah. And we reduced it and we created this rodeo. So that's what it was. It was, it was so, one of the first rodeos. Brief description. So basically what a rodeo is, is there's all these different sections or areas where yep. the groups go from section to section and they receive their training at these individual sections. Yep. So they call it a rodeo because it's kind of is. It's it's a rodeo. Yeah. It just it's a lot. But it's full of really good information. So yeah. you were doing what you were tasked. The, to do the PTSD portion of this. And, uh, you know, I had kind of broke it down and, and how, how did I say, you know, I just verbatim. telling people about, yeah, verbatim. <laughs> yeah, I'm really trying to get there. And I think I can, cause that day I did, or that weekend, I, mean, I could start you off. No, that, that, that weekend I did it 18 times. So 
the you know by the end it was the same and and it was and it was good that was one of the times too and i'll get to it in just a second but that was one of the times too that uh our top ranking people our two generals they had to go through this as well and they both approached me after their sections and thanked me for it because they said that they hadn't been explained it that way before you know and at the time i don't i'm trying to think if i was commissioned or not even i might have you been, weren't you i were was any, just a tech sergeant you were a tech sergeant yeah so to get that from them at that point like that was kind of cool um but Real anyways too, so there's enlisted oh, yeah. um <laughs> there, so for the non-military people there's enlisted which is um your non-officers yeah right so you have basically e1 through e9 so your sergeants and those type of people and then you have officers, which is 01 through four-star general. Yeah. Um, I should know them all. It's 010. I can figure it out. <laughs> um, but, and those are your officers, right? So when he says commissioned, he means switching from becoming. From enlisted to officer. Exactly. Yeah. So you were in E6 at the time. Yeah. You were in the training. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we were talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, and I kind of broke it down, uh, explained that. You know, whenever you think of it, it sounds real scary. There used to be this big stigma in the military, especially that uh, if you have PTSD, you're going to get kicked out because you can't. And it wasn't okay to not be okay. Um, so for years and years, and I mean, it still happens today. People are worried about it. And we well, so learn they don't go get the help they want. Or right. They need. They need. Yeah. And we learn the how to answer the questions. No one teaches us this. No one taught me how to answer the questions to make it seem that I don't have it or that I don't have a problem. Gotcha. So the questions from the medical provider. Right. Right. Or whatever you questionnaire. you didn't want to get kicked out. Right. Or marked as. As know, having a problem. As a problem. Right? Or you can't fly. You can't do your job. Can't do your job. So now they park you at a uh, desk or something and right. now you can't be in the airplane anymore. Yeah. Imagine being a B-52 bomber. You went and bombed something and for whatever reason that time. It triggered something and, and it bothered you, but then you loved flying that plane. And if you, you were worried that if you said something, then you would never fly again. And it's like, well, I spent my entire life to fly jets for the Air Force and now I can't. So what was your spiel? Like, get we're, we, we want to know what the spiel was. Yeah. All right. So post-traumatic stress disorder, we're all afraid of it. We don't need to be. Um, the P is post. It happened in the past. It really doesn't matter. Um, it affected you, um, but it's not happening right now. Whether it's one minute ago or one year ago, it's in the past. T, the traumatic piece. Um, we all experience trauma in different ways. Um, whether it's I go to drill and I my goldfish dies because I forgot to take care of it. Um, or you experience loss, death, something like that. That could be pretty traumatic. So everyone experiences trauma in a different way. Um, so it's trauma that happened in the past. The stress, not all stresses are bad. You need stress to grow. Um, it's like a diamond. It's like a diamond. Um, and just how you react to it, as long as it's not illegal, immoral, or unethical, it's fine. Do whatever you have to do to deal with that stress. And then D is a disorder. And just like I wear contacts and glasses, technically that's a disorder. They're not kicking me out of the military because I have a disorder. I have a disorder. I can't see without them. So I'm not perfect. And that's okay. So post-traumatic stress disorder is not a disorder until a doctor says that it's a disorder. So you have post-traumatic stress. It means that stress that happened in the past and it was traumatic to you. That doesn't have to last forever. 
So I did relate it back to that, that movie and how he dealt with it. Um, and you know, that was pretty traumatic for him. That was largely stressful and it just got worse and worse and worse because he didn't say anything. And every time that he went and came back, it was worse. Compounded. Compounded because he didn't have an outlet. There were outlets, but he didn't feel like he could go there and maybe didn't even recognize that he needed to because he had to focus. This was his job. This was his purpose. So, you know, eventually in that movie and like with us, if we stop and think about it, we can get through it and reach out for help. You know, well, and just like any other disorder, right? Finger right. quotes again. Yeah. It's only a disorder because the doctor told you. Right. But just because you have it doesn't mean you can't you can't uh, can't fix it. Right. You know, a disorder is a makes something billable. Exactly. It allows the insurance to attach to pay for your to pay for the services that you need. Yep. If I don't call it a disorder and I don't put the ICD now 10 code, then I can't get paid for it. And, you know, there are probably providers and people like I will talk to anybody and I can't put a bill on it. Because I'm not a doctor. Yeah. You know, if you have a broken ankle, I could probably help splint it, but I can't bill you for it. That's a disorder at the time until it gets healed. You have a disorder. It's the same thing. And it's just a matter of being open to that healing. You yeah. Know? Um, I think it's interesting that that's the, the first memory that you have, you know, and it's literally the first time I, cause you were a, a massive <laughs> black man. Like, I, yeah. I mean, it's, and it has nothing to do with the color, but it's just, yeah. In the middle of Wyoming, right. or not the middle, but in Wyoming, right. I walk into this room with this extremely pleasant monster of a man <laughs> who is, you've heard him talk. He he speaks eloquently, and he's very calm and smooth, and it's just like, I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked him. I, I did. I liked you immediately. Yeah. You just, you were so relatable, and I could just tell right away that you were someone that I knew I could respect. Yeah. And you know, that topic too, like being that intimidating figure yeah, and then talking about that and people were open to it and receptive. And I remember at the end of every single time, every 18 <laughs> classes I did, I literally told people and I genuinely meant it and I still mean it today. Like at the time I worked in the clinic, I said, if you need to talk to somebody, call the clinic. And I had told everybody that worked there full time and whatnot. If someone calls and asks for me, you give them my number because it, it, it's hugely important to me. I mean, I, I venture to say that everybody, and I don't like using everybody always, those types of words, but I think the majority of people will have or have experienced some time where eh, shit's not going the way I want it to. And not necessarily saying like suicidal or anything, but just extremely, extremely depressed. Yeah, I've been there. I've had some shit happen to me in my life and I'm like, Oh, that really sucks. How am I going to recover from this? Like, How do I climb out? Right. Yeah. And it's very hard to climb out alone. It is. You need that rope. You do anything. Yeah. Even just somebody throwing a little more dirt so you can stand a little higher. Right. I mean, cause bad help is still help. Sometimes. It's still help. <laughs> Lo loneliness. Nothing will kill you like loneliness. Yeah. And it's, and right now it's kind of ironic because depression is rampant. Right. right. And we're more connected than we've ever been. But how many genuine connections are there? Exactly. Anymore? I mean, I've got, I don't know, maybe 2,500 people 
friends on Facebook. Do I know all of them? Absolutely not. Yeah. There's people that I know that I went to high school with and I recognize their name, but I don't know them now. I don't know that I knew them then. They may have known of me, but very, very few people, especially back then, really got to know me. And it's probably because I didn't allow it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's like a person. more protected. Yeah. And and I don't know why. Well, the th- I say the threshold of entry. One thing that I've always noticed about you is you you appreciate quality. Right. Right. And that and it's not like a facetious or like a hey, look at my stuff thing. He wants to know if it's energy, money, time, effort, whatever it is, that it's being used for something that matters. Right. And I don't see that being any different with people. No. And I think and that's probably exactly it. Like in high school, that was temporary. Like I, it, it truly I'm not going to talk to any of you. Like, I, like, yeah. like really, we're all going to go our separate paths. We are, I was on it again. I think that maybe I was a more forward thinking person than a lot, especially back then. But I think of myself as like a global thinker. I think I was, I keep saying, I think, I think, I think that I was more aware of what was really going on and what I wanted to do and where I needed to go. Where your priorities needed to be. Yeah. Because you were looking after high school. Right. At least I thought I knew. Yeah. Right. Well, we all think we know. Right. At the time, all kids are stupid, even the smart ones. Right. We just don't know enough. We don't yet. know it. We're not yeah. experienced enough. And I, I think back so many times, like, how did my parents, because I'm about the same age, you know, as my parents were whenever I was my kid's age. And there's times still today that I'm like, I don't know what, there's no book to this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. They didn't either. Right. But here you are. But here I am. Yeah. And it's fine. You know. So what do you think the biggest struggle right now with being a parent during a time like this? Like, how do you keep them grounded? How do you keep them just not destroyed? I mean, there's just so much bad right now. Yeah. You know, what I what I do is I'm extremely honest with them. Really? Yeah. They know they like give me an example. Um, We well, let's see. Here's. Here's the, uh, I'll use this example. In the last couple of weeks at my place of employment, a couple of people have had some pretty unexpected deaths. And both times that that happened, I got phone calls or was making phone calls, and it just so happens that my kids were there. Well, I need to have that conversation at that point because people are calling whatever, right? And as a supervisor, yeah, then I get to take on some of that burden. Yeah. Um but I'm not going to not have that conversation just because the kids are there. And yeah, I, I'm having the conversation after that's over. I talk to them and I say, yeah, this is what happened. And death happens. Mm-hmm. There's people dying right now. As I'm speaking, someone died somewhere in the world, yeah. multiple people. So it's not unique and it's nothing to be afraid of. And everyone's going to die. Everyone. And I, you know, it's, I've been kind of, uh, that's heavy. Yeah. I've been <laughs> kind a of nine year old, I, but, damn. but the thing is like they've experienced death in the family and yeah. this like, you know, so it's not like it's foreign. Well, and, you've taken away a fear, right? You don't need to be afraid of it. You don't need and to especially, be afraid of it. you know, one of uh, my great grandma, so their great, great grandmother, I think she was 97 years old whenever she finally passed, you know? Wow. So she lived a very long, full life. And they got to see that. Mm-hmm. And period is the time we'll drive by one of the nursing homes and uh, 
they'll say, man, I really wish we would have spent more time with her. That's very adult for a 9 right. or 13-year-old. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's, you know, for me, like whenever they say that, and they'll get sad about it. Mm-hmm. And that's super valuable. That's, to me, that's, that's rewarding. Amazing. Like I did something right. I would be so proud. That's all I was thinking. Just like right. what a proud papa moment. Right, because they they know the value of time. Yeah. And that it's not going to be forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and every, every time that we get out of bed, even before we get out of bed, there's that risk that we're not going to make it, you know, and we can't in the shower. Right. And we can't be afraid of it. And if it happens, it happens. People are sad, but again, goes back to PTSD. It happened in the past. It was traumatic. It was traumatic. It caused stress. (laughs) But no one said it was a disorder. It was just a, a moment in time. And look at you now. You're just as stressful. You were just, you're the same person you were before a doctor said, oh, that event that you had 20 years ago, right. you're probably struggling with PTSD. So now we've labeled them. We've given them a complex. And now we've basically written this person's destiny. Right. You're a broken human right. who needs help. Right. And it's not a disorder. It is the human condition. We've all done it. And there's worse and less or there's really bad ptsd and there's some stuff that people say okay loser like get over it right but the thing is is what made that small issue make her freak out like ptsd right right? just the small little oh i hit a curb in my car and i have ptsd it's like no if you if it truly impacted you that that much there's something else where's that and i hate to use the word weakness because i wouldn't say it's weakness but where is that trauma that happened in the past that for some reason when you hit the curb you your life's over yeah right it the trauma the ptsd's already happened it wasn't the car accident right something jarred jarred that yep you hitting that curb brought something forward i use a beach ball analogy i don't know if i ever told you that i've heard the beach ball yeah so my beach ball thing and it's not mine i don't think if it is i'll take credit for george right now yeah it's, (laughs) it's mine right now no matter what you do, if I think of uh, not even just stress, but an issue, something that you need to deal with. It doesn't even have to be stress. Something that needs to be dealt with is a beach ball. No matter how much you put it under the water, it's still there. You let go of it, it's going to come back up. And then I've had people say, well, just pop it. That's cool. You pop it. It's going to sink to the bottom of the ocean eventually. Yes. But it's still there. And guess what? You, that tide's going to bring it all the way back to the shore, all the way to the surface and be sticking in your face until you deal with it and get rid of it. That's true. So it's, it's all related. And I, like, again, what's what I tell my kids and really blunt and being truthful with them about anything. We're dealing with it. We're, we're not going to put it on the back burner until it's convenient because it's never convenient. It's always easier to make an excuse to not do something or face something or fix something than it is just to get it done. We're the kings of procrastinators. Oh, man. It's because we're so smart. <laughs> right. Like You think the squirrel procrastinates for winter? No. I'm sure that's that famous story about it, but that's, that's nonsense. Animals don't. They have their priorities in the right um, order so that... They survive. Now, the problem with us is that we have no more real problems anymore. Right. Like, we don't. No. Even our, it's, even the worst <laughs> off Americans are doing pretty okay yeah, in the grand bad. scheme of things. So, 
in a society of no problems, where do we look for our problems? Yeah. And all the other bullcrap, politics, race, religion, my job, like literally all this stuff that in the grand scheme of things is relatively unimportant. Right. Like if you have your beliefs, good for you, but it's not going to feed you. Right. Like <laughs> it's not going to raise your children to not be serial killers. Right. Because <laughs> that could <laughs> yeah. happen. It can happen. So, yes, all of the extracurriculars are very important. But if the only thing that we have assigned any value to is the extracurriculars, we have completely lost an appreciation for what truly matters. Right. Family, food, shelter. Right. Like, I love the ones that are just saying, why would farmers need to grow soybeans? You can just buy them in the store. And it's like... Ugh. And they don't get it. They don't get it. It's yeah. a, because they have no appreciation for what it means, yeah. right? If you think your food is just always going to be there, Wait you can give a whole lot of crap about the Kardashians, you yeah. know? And that's the thing. If you don't have to worry about paying your bills, you don't need, you just are a crazy person. Yeah. Because it's no perspective. It's no priorities. Yeah. And you know, my kids, that's another thing that I pride myself on is from a very young age, I've told them my job is to prov- not... Because they'll, sometimes they'll, they'll be really needy. Some kids are. Some kids are, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I remind them because they've been learning this from the beginning. Like, I will always make sure that you have food, water, shelter, safety, security, and sometimes it's considered love. Yeah. In, in Maslow. Those things. You sometimes give them love? No, no, no. I mean the, the security because <laughs> I'm also going to protect you. Yes. But I'm also going to give you that security, that Absolutely. comfort, that yeah. love, right? Yeah. I was just kidding. No, I know. But that basic need that's my responsibility anything else like you will figure those things out as you live because i can't get you to the pinnacle yeah i can't make you get there i can help you i can show you i can make sure that you have a strong foundation and lessons and this and that blah blah blah. examples like you were talking about before you will show them it's possible yeah i I can't wait for the day and i'm going to print out my bank statement and it's going to say that I have a million dollars in the bank. I think you should get nickels. <laughs> <laughs> and then what you do, so you get all these nickels, and then you put them all in a kiddie pool and say, listen, if you roll all of these, if you roll all of these I will give you like a thousand bucks. Right. <laughs> Just some, whatever is appropriate at the time that yeah. you think they will. Because like that's the ultimate, right? Yeah. What is, how long is that? Seven, seven years? Six years? So you're 45? Yeah. I'm counting on my fingers. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight years. So one will be 20. Oh, that's young. And the other one will be 17. They'll be counting nickels at 17. You, you, you tell them you'll give them 500 bucks or put that on YouTube, man. You'll make all your money back. Right, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. I, I paid my kids a thousand bucks to roll a million dollars worth of nickels. You, I can see the views now. Right. Yeah. I'll edit it for you. Five hundred bucks an hour. All right. Oh shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Man, so I don't know, man. I feel not only did we get lost, we found the best part of being lost. This is why we do this. Yeah, it's good. It's these are the conversations. We talked a lot of nonsense, but if you take the time to really listen, there's some real stuff being said. Yeah. And, and a lot more that could be. Absolutely. And there will be. Because yeah. this isn't the only episode. Exactly. I want you on here a lot. Yeah. I want you to start your own. I, yeah, I'm going to do that. This and is 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, you have a voice. I'm dead serious whenever I say it, and I've never been more serious. And it's just a matter of, and we talked about it a little bit. I think recent, recent, fairly recently, like those pushes. Like if you're somewhere where you don't need to be, and I'm a religious person, but yeah. I won't be that way necessarily for all the viewers. But I'll say it because I'm me. Do what you do, man. Um, safe space. Yeah. Hashtag safe like space. if you're in a space where you shouldn't be and you're not going to move, you're being stagnant, and that's not what you're supposed to do. God will steer you in another direction. And right now I, I'm being taken in another direction and stop talking about it and do it. I have a book that I want to write. I'm going to write this book. Chapter one. How do I manage? No, no, it's chapter one. That's from the office. Oh yeah. How do I, <laughs> how do I manage a Steve Carell's book? His thing. Oh, okay. And he just writes chapter one. <laughs> but the thing That's is, slick. is you, I know for a fact that you can do it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I, now, there's some people that I would say, good luck. Right. But with you, the yeah. only thing that will stop you from doing this is you. Is me. And the best part about knowing you is I feel you're going to get out of your own way really quick, yeah. really easy. Yeah. And that's awesome. And what's crazy is I feel like when, it, when once this happens, once I allow it to happen, it's just going to like go. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So is this is this uh, top secret? Like, what's the next step, man? Um... After I get back from this deployment, I've got a deployment coming Again? up. Yeah. And I'm going to start doing some of the pre-work during that during my free time and actually using my time wisely. Um, so February, March time frame. I'll right have corner. Yeah, I'll have a lot of stuff already in motion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rockets, rockets launching around March. Yeah. So I've got, like I said. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it's good. so Patrick Cunningham coming back. Around March on the show, right? Yeah, we're gonna get or or before then. Well, hopefully before then. But by we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about before then. Yeah, we didn't even touch about real stuff. Like wait until we talk about some controversial things. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. This was a good warm up for sure. Yeah, man. But yeah, I appreciate it. Write the book, do my podcast. You'll be on there. Hell yeah! Get some people talking. Absolutely. You gonna sell houses too? Yeah. So one one thing that I've said too is if I can write this book (laughs) before I get back. It won't. I, I highly doubt that it could get published, cause, but I don't know. I bet you could get published. You could figure it out. I have all the faith in the world, buddy. I mean, you just got to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Only thing stopping you is you. Yeah. So if I could make look it. at some of the books that have been published. <laughs> Are you kidding? You don't think someone like you could get published? Yeah. It's look not at that the hard. threshold. The the point of entry. You it's can low. do it. Yeah. But you, the best part is, is because the point of entry is so low, it allows the really good ones who could never have done it before. To get now there. their voice is heard. Right. There's always been a cesspool of bullshit on the bottom. Right. You know, catfish going to be on the bottom always. Yeah. But that beach ball, she's yeah. coming back up. Yeah. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's good. I look forward to it. We got to see a lot again. more. So, well, that's pretty much it. So, um, bye. All right. Take care. See you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.